0: Thank you, Brother Taylor, praise team, for reminding us of the centrality of Calvary. Uh, That's not a bad place to go uh, every and any time you think about it, beyond just Communion Sunday, beyond just Resurrection Sunday, uh, you ought to think about Calvary. I remember my old pastor, uh, when I went to see him, he was on his deathbed and he told me that he wasn't going to be able to make it to my graduation from seminary, but how proud he was of me. And then he told me, he said, when you, when, when you graduate, he said, I want you to do me a favor. He said, go by Calvary. Calvary. And I said, what do you mean? He said, e- everything that we do in the church may be good for people, but unless we take them by Calvary... Uh, it's not in line with our mission and our message Uh, giving out food and clothing is is a great thing but we we ought to make sure we take people by Calvary he got excited and raised his hand from under his sheet he said yes he said take them by Calvary he said and and Bud he said when you when you get your degree he said when you walk across that stage I won't be able to be there with you but when you walk across that stage He said, take your degree and dip it in the blood at Calvary. Sanctify it in the blood of Jesus. Thank you for reminding us of the centrality of Calvary to our faith. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that you would use the time that you have given us to be able to glorify you, edify your people, and equip them to be all that you want them to be. We ask you, God, to have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Casting all your cares upon God because God cares for you. That's that's one of uh, my favorite passages, one of my favorite verses, one of the early passages that I memorized like many of you, along with many others. The Lord is my shepherd, I I shall not want. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, right? We can think of a plethora of passages that we have memorized to encourage us in the midst of our dark and difficult times. But my brothers and sisters, here's what's interesting. When we Think about casting our cares upon the Lord. The question is, what is it that keeps you from casting your cares, from giving your burdens to the Lord? It might sound strange, but I believe in 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter gives us some insight into the number one thing that keeps us from praying like we should, the number one thing that keeps us from giving God our cares, our burdens, our worries, and it's right here in the text. I believe the number one thing that keeps you and keeps me from praying like we should is our pride. It's our pride. And if you are deluding yourself to thinking that you don't have any pride issues— Well, I got some bad news for you. God will have to show you and reveal to you the presence of pride in your person and how that pride causes you to miss the opportunities that God presents to you to give God all that burdens you. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk today from part three of a message that we started over the last couple of weeks entitled, being your best in bad times, being your best in bad times. We're in First Peter chapter five, and I want to conclude this sermon today around this subject of humility. Uh, we understand how humility impacts our relationship with other people. We understand how humility is to be practiced when we are being led by somebody. We we understand how humility is to be practiced when we are leading other people, but but here's what we miss and what may be central to our thought today. How does humility affect your walk with God? In 1 Peter uh, chapter 5 Uh, The writer shares with us the the importance of humility in our daily walk with God. Last week, uh, I said to you that you must practice humility if you are going to be blessed by God. That humility positions you to be blessed by God. Uh, Verse 5 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and two simple things that I tried to share with you on last week that I hope and pray bless you a God opposes you when you are in your pride when you are in your pride God opposes you God is sitting on the opposite side of the table from you even if you may be on the right side in terms of your actions God opposes you even when you're on the right side when you have the wrong attitude and there's somebody if you are honest ask the Holy Spirit to show you if you don't see it those times when God has had to literally strip you and humble you because even though you were doing right you were getting beside yourself And the Bible says, when you are proud, God opposes you. But B, what I shared with you last week is that God blesses you with grace when you are humble. Realize God blesses you with grace when you are humble. The end of verse 5, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Grace refers to that unmerited favor, that extraordinary goodness, that undeserved blessing or blessings from God. That when we humble ourselves, we position ourselves and allow God to express his favor on our behalf. Some supernatural things can happen when you decide to humble yourself because when you humble yourself, here's what you end up doing. You end up getting out of the way and letting God step in the way. You let God fight for you instead of you trying to fight for yourself. And how many of you know God has too much to work with to fail now? God can bless you in so many ways. God can show you favor in so many ways. He can open doors that no man can shut, close doors that no man can open. He can change minds and change hearts depending on his will and depending on what he wants. And the Bible says, when you humble yourself before God, God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. It's like you trying to kick in a door, but when you are humble, God just opens the door. Matter of fact, God is so marvelous and wonder working in his power that god can make an enemy on the inside open the door for you to step in and through on the outside today i want to go to part three and conclude this message on being your best in bad times here's the first thing i want you to see today number one you need to realize when you humble yourself to god he will exalt you At the proper time when you humble yourself God will bless you by exalting you at the proper time look at verse 6 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you humble yourselves Uh, literally make yourself low it's in the middle voice which suggests while God can humble you you need to learn how to humble yourself you need to learn how to check yourself you need to learn how to recognize when you're getting beside yourself and if you can't recognize when you are getting beside yourself then I suggest that you find an accountability person listen to me carefully who loves you enough to tell you when you're wrong and you love them enough to receive it without getting your feelings hurt. See, most of us, you know what we do? We we surround ourselves with people that will agree with us even when we're wrong. Yeah, we we look for somebody who's gonna agree with us and when somebody disagrees with us or somebody says, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, then you know what? We don't wanna hear from them anymore. We block their number. They're no longer our friend. And we'll keep asking and keep looking until we get not information, but affirmation of what we already think. And one of the difficult things in life is to recognize when you are getting beside yourself. You need somebody to check you and say, whoa. Whoa, because listen, some of us haven't been checked since our mama and daddy checked us. Some of us haven't been checked since that older family member or sibling has checked us. And here's what I hear somebody saying right now. I I hear what you're saying, but, you know, I pray about it. Listen, do you know how many people have been dead wrong after they prayed? Because they are even looking to God to confirm what they already think should be. text says you've got to humble yourself you've got to lower yourself in some ways you've got to humiliate yourself in terms of the condition of your heart God says humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time come on everybody say proper time come on say it at the proper time God will exalt you at the proper time here's what he says God has a purpose and a plan for your life and one of the ways you activate the favor of God in your life is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God when you learn how to humble yourself then you allow God to step in and move on your behalf And the text says, and at the proper time, God will exalt you. That that word exalt means to elevate, uh, literally and and figuratively, to to in essence take you to another level. That God will exalt you. Now, uh, initially I know most of us, when we think about being exalted by God, we think about, uh, for example, a promotion on our job. Uh, We think about God elevating us in terms of us uh, having more responsibility or making more money. But maybe God just wants to elevate you in terms of the kind of person you are. Maybe God wants to elevate you not in terms of your net worth, but your self-worth. Maybe God wants to elevate you in terms of your spiritual maturity. Maybe God wants to raise you up to a place where now you are walking with a higher purpose in your life. He says when you learn how to humble yourself, God will exalt you, God will raise you, God will lift you at the proper time. So I, I remember a time I was, uh, I, I, I had some pride issues. And uh, part of that pride manifested itself in me saying things like, I'm, I'm never going to be in that position, or I'm never going to let that happen to me, or I'm never going to do that. And, and one of the things that I learned was that when people said say what they would never do or where they will never be, that's simply because they have never been. Uh, you always have to be careful because if not for the grace of God, there go you. And, and God was dealing with me. God was dealing with me in regards to my pride, y'all. God was dealing with me in regards to my pride. And I, and I got to tell you, it was a painful process. It was... It was the whipping of all whippings. I'm I'm, I'm praying. And and, and one of the ways uh, that pride really manifests itself in your own spirit is envy. Yeah, envy. When when you start looking at other people, talking about what you should do and and what you could do, and you don't understand why you're not in that position, envy. Envy. And and envy is is really fueled by a level of discontent with what God has blessed you with, right? I, I could never celebrate, could never rejoice in what God was doing because I was thinking about what I thought God should be doing. Come on, somebody hear me today. Instead of me thanking God and rejoicing for what God was doing, I was constantly thinking about, what he should be doing and why God wasn't doing it and trying to make sense out of why somebody else was doing what I believed I had the ability to do, the anointing to do, and I'm just wondering why God has not given me the opportunity to do it. What's wrong with God? And, and God literally whooped me. I mean, just just took me down. So the stuff that I said I would never think, I was thinking. The stuff I said I would never do, I was doing. God was dealing with my my pride. And and here's here's what happened. I had to literally humble myself before the Lord. I I can remember uh, going into prayer and, and not on my knees but on my face and apologizing to God, asking God to forgive me for what I had done, for for my attitude, for where I was. Man, I just just had to come clean before God. And I literally got up, and this is what I said to the Lord. I said, Lord, if if all you allow me to do for the rest of my ministry is to pastor the people at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, if that's all you allow me to do, if I never do anything else, God, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you because I had all these other aspirations that that in my mind were good aspirations, but they were fueled by the wrong attitude. And I literally had to humble myself and say, God, I thank you. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day I came to this campus, every day I would preach, every opportunity to teach. Man, I would just thank God for the privilege. Thank God, rejoice in the people that God had blessed me to lead. Can I tell you what happened? When I humbled myself, no, no, let me take that back. When God humbled me, all of a sudden, doors that I wanted to open all along started opening. Opportunities started presenting themselves. And guess what God had to show me? If he hadn't humbled me, I would have walked into those situations with the wrong attitude and would have gotten beside myself instead of walking in humbly and thanking him for the privilege and the opportunity. I'm trying to help somebody today because listen to me carefully. Many of you need need to understand if you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. God will humble you. It it is the the, uh, equivalent to a chastisement because of your sin of pride. God will humble you. He will humble you. you. You think you know everything. God will show you how ignorant you really are. You will say to yourself, you know what? I got this thing, man, under control. I got it. I'm not going to ever have any problems. And God will show you, no, you don't have it all under control. God will humble you. And watch what the text says. The text says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, verse 6, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. At the proper time. What's the proper time? The time when you are ready to receive God's blessings without getting beside yourself. That, that, that phrase proper time is the word kairos. It's in contrast to chronos, chronos where we get the word uh, chronology from, uh, sequential time. But, but the word kairos speaks to God's appointed time. Uh, when you come into your season, it's not guaranteed that you're going to come into your season, your kairos, in a certain chronology, right? You, you may be 40 and still uh, living as if you were 20. God says, no, no, no. It's not about chronology. It's not, it's not just because you get older that you get wiser. It's not how many years you've been doing something. God says, because somebody who's listening right now, you've been doing it for years and you've been doing it wrong, And God says, when are you going to stop and get right? When are you going to make a change in your life? See, here's what God says. God's timing, here's what he says. His timing is not limited to the presence of your ability, but his blessings, his timing is going to be limited by your spiritual maturity. Not your ability, but your spiritual maturity. See, somebody who's watching right now, you have the ability, but you don't have the spiritual maturity. And because you lack the maturity, God says, I can't release the favor in your life that I really want to release. Why? Because you are focusing on and being envious of others because you perceive yourselves to have a greater ability and you are lacking in your spiritual maturity. Talk, Cofield. Look at Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in Kairos, in due season we shall reap, if we do not give up. And in, in due season, in God's appointed time, we shall reap, if we do not give up. Matthew twenty-three, twelve: Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. James chapter 4, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Let me get to the second thing real quick so I can let you go. Number two, you need to realize your humility to God will be evidenced in how you pray as opposed to worry. You need to realize your humility to God will be evidenced in how you pray as opposed to how you worry. Verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, many times we quote the content of verse 7, but we quote it outside of the context of verse 6. Verse 6 says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, comma. Comma. So what's the evidence? that you are humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. It's right here in the text. He says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Basically, here's what Peter says. Your prayer life is an evidence of whether or not you are humbling yourself before God. Can I tell you something? At the height of my pride, that's when I was at my lowest level in terms of prayer because I was busy trying to figure it out on my own man I I was sitting there meditating I'm thinking I'm calling folk I'm strategizing right because I'm gonna work this thing out I'm calling people left and right people who have expertise in this area in that area this level that level but I'm not praying I'm not asking God to give me wisdom. I'm not asking God to give me directions. I'm not asking God to open up doors that nobody can open and close the doors that need to be closed. No, man, I'm not praying. I'm planning. I'm not praying. And and God says, you can't get to casting all your cares upon the Lord and realizing he cares for you when you're walking in your pride. That, that word for casting literally means to throw upon, right? To throw upon. Uh, anxieties, um, the King James translates it cares, but anxiety speaks to... Uh, being drawn in different directions, like lacking focus, right? Um, I, I can't, I can't keep my mind focused on what I need to be focused on. I'm distracted. He says, "Cast all your cares, cast all your worries, cast all your anxieties on the Lord." Um, I can remember, for example, going into the airport, and, and I've got bags, and uh, my children were real small at the time, so so they couldn't help me, this was uh, way before the time even of wheels on bags, right? And if you had wheels, they weren't 360 swivel wheels, right? So you had to pull it in a certain direction and I'm trying to carry all of these bags and, and trying to check in and and I can remember, I can remember the attendant saying, you need any help, right? And, and in my mind, I'm like, no, I, I can handle it, I got it. it it's, it's only, you know, seven bags. I can handle it. I got it. And I got bags under arms and, 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 and rolling and pulling and one on top of the other one and then one on top of that one. And, and I would get to the counter eventually. But can I tell you, boy, it was hard pulling that heavy load. Um, now that I've gotten a little older and a little wiser, when I pull up and I've got bags, I'm, I'm looking for the attendant. Hey, hey, need some help i got one bag come on get this one bag (laughs) right (laughs) i'm not struggling or straining and and if he has it it, it, i let him pull it out of the cart if i already have it out on the cart i don't mind even putting it on the cart because guess what when i put it upon the cart it is going to be handled by somebody else god says cast all of your cares on me Give them all to me because I care for you. And you say, but wait a minute, God, I got it. God says, well, if you got it, then I don't. If you're going to take care of it, then I'm not. If you're going to try to make it happen, do it in your power, but recognize when you do it in your power, you negate my power operating on your behalf. See, pride makes you carry all of your cares and all of your concerns humility helps you realize you don't have to carry it by yourself humility helps you realize you've got somebody bigger than you are to help you handle what is coming your way your anxieties your worries your burdens can be turned over to God why because he cares about you he loves you he watches over you he will provide for you. He will make a way for you. He cares about everything you are dealing with. He says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. God says, I I want to relieve you of the load you've been carrying. Somebody you're watching right now, you've been carrying a heavy load. You've been carrying a load that people around you don't even know that you are carrying. They're just looking at the evidence that they see on the outside. They don't see the burden that you've been carrying on the inside. And God says, I see it, but I can't take it from you, but you sure can cast it upon me. You sure can give it to me. God says, I I want to save you and deliver you. God says, I I want to strengthen you and secure you. God God says, I want to look after you and take care of you. God, God says, I want to give you the assurance and confidence that you need. Look at Psalm 40, verse 17. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer do not delay oh my god go to psalm 52 verse 22 cast your burden on the lord and he will sustain you he will never permit the righteous to be moved hebrews 13 Beginning at verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Isaiah 41, verse 13, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not i am the one who helps you the old song said it like this be not dismayed whatever betide you god will take care of you beneath his loving wings you will abide why because god will take care of you through every day all of the way he will take care of you is there anybody in here who can send it into the chat raise your hand clap if you will and say god will take care of you i know god will take care of me not because of what somebody has said but because of what god has done in my life god will take care of you god will bless you god will deliver you he is faithful he's a keeper he's a way maker God will bless you but you have to learn how to humble yourself listen as I leave you today don't don't miss the correlation between pride and prayer when pride, pride is high prayer is low When prayer is high, pride is going to be low because in your praying, unless you're praying like that Pharisee on the street, in your praying, in your seeking God, you are acknowledging who he is and who you are not. And you're telling God, God, I need you, and I can't do it without you. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us with your word. And I pray now, God, that somebody who has listened today and heard, um, I pray that they would recognize their own pride and would make the steps that they need to do what they need to do to humble themselves. Because, God, I know if you don't see them humble themselves, then you will be forced to humble them. And that is a very painful process to go through. I ask you to bless now. And where our prayers fall short, make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I told you earlier, there are only two kinds of people in the world, people who know Jesus and people who need him. And if you know him, I want you to pray right now for somebody who is watching, who needs him. If you need the Lord, I want to encourage you to download our app or to go to our website, indicate in the chat, I want to accept Christ. There's a tab on the app and on our website that you can click on, and I will walk you through how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. Can I tell you something? Uh, You must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. It's a profession of faith that you make in accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you don't do that, However you choose to do it, if you don't ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, then you cannot be saved. If you don't ask for forgiveness of your sins, then you cannot be saved. You may be watching and somebody may be saying, but I got baptized. Listen, if you got baptized, that just means you went down a dry center and came up a wet center. If you never accepted Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and as your Lord. So I want to encourage you to make that step today. If you're looking for a church home, man, I want to welcome you and give you an opportunity to join Good Hope on the digital platform. Listen, we want to help facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform to help you grow, to help you mature, to help you become all that God wants you to be. And you can do that with us wherever you are around the world. And i'll tell you more about that in the coming weeks man i've got some exciting things coming up to share with you now let me just share with you some things that are coming up this month Um, today is march the 14th right second sunday in march and this month is a special month it was one year ago one year ago second sunday that we had our last corporate worship service in our sanctuary with all of our members being allowed to come. And as you know, COVID-19 is still alive and well, uh, even though people are getting vaccinations, even though some people are still wearing a mask, regardless of what uh, the governor is saying, uh, we still see the number of infections and hospitalizations higher than we want them to be. And so we are uh, being cautious uh, in an abundance of caution, following the direction of doctors and scientists. But we've got some special days coming up, and so we're going to celebrate in a safe way. First of all, the fourth Sunday in this month, the fourth Sunday of this month, which is March the 28th, that is Palm Sunday, but it's also our 149th church anniversary, our 149th church anniversary man we are excited about this celebration last year we just kind of let the celebration go um, but this year we're going to gather together as a family of believers we're going to have parking lot praise if the Lord says the same and the weather allows us Um, we will still be doing our church on the digital platform so for those of you who may not be comfortable coming we will still be streaming but for those of you who want to come out in your vehicles for those of you who want to bring your lawn chairs out we will have parking lot praise on the fourth sunday in march 8 a.m and 10 a.m 8 a.m and 10 a.m we will have service now what's interesting is i told you it's palm sunday as well which means what that Monday starts Holy Week, and man, we've got a packed week of activities and events to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. First of all, uh, if the Lord says the same in the creek don't rise, um, I'll be doing a Holy Week early morning devotional every day starting on monday monday through friday i will be doing a holy week devotional that will be monday through friday every morning at 7 a.m 7 a.m we will also have holy week services and a word from the lord each evening monday tuesday and thursday monday tuesday and thursday we will have a word from the lord that will be every evening on wednesday we're going to have our children do their easter program man they did it on last year and boy we had such a great time i mean our children were such a blessing under the direction of Dr. Misha Birkins, our children ministry director. And listen, I'm excited and looking forward to our children this year on Wednesday. Now, Friday, Friday, April the 2nd, Friday is going to be a special day because we're going to do the seven last words. But we're doing the seven last words two times. Two times. Now you say, wait a minute, what do you mean two times? Well, we're going to be showing the seven last words seven people at 12 noon. And then we have a different seven people doing the seven last words on Friday evening. Seven last words, 12 noon brothers, seven last words, Friday evening, the sisters, they're going to be looking at the seven sayings of the cross through the eyes of women. That's going to be on Friday evening. So if you can catch it at 12 noon, great. If you catch it at 7 p.m., great. If you can catch them both, it's going to be great. Man, we have some gifted women in this church who are going to be sharing from the Word of God, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm looking forward. I I want to hear what a woman's perspective is on, for example, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. You know, I, I want to hear uh, what these ladies see in that text when when he says to them today thou shalt be with me in paradise i mean it's, it's going to be a powerful powerful time so that's going to be friday now it doesn't stop there because listen on saturday april the third we have a petting zoo for our children it's going to be outdoors physically distance wear your mask bring your children from 9 a.m to 1 p.m 9 a.m to 1 p.m we will have a petting zoo, man. We've got animals coming out, and our children will be able to interact and get outside. And if they're like me, man, they just want to get out some, right, and to do something fun and something relaxing. That's going to be on April the 3rd, and then, of course, April the 4th, Resurrection Sunday. I'll say more about that as we get closer to it. We've got some exciting things planned. For those of you who are part of our church family, listen, don't forget, we make a sacrificial gift to our church, to continue the ministries of our church, hundreds of families, thousands of people are being fed and blessed, food insecurities addressed, benevolence, we've been able to continue to be the church that God has called us to be even through this pandemic, and it's because of your faithfulness and your giving. We're looking forward to God doing even greater things through our church, and it will happen because of the faithfulness of our members, all right? Listen, last but not least, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Let's rejoice, and let's let God have his way, all right? Until next time, God be with you. is my prayer love to the family.